Well, guys, this morning there's three things I want to share with you. Uh, and that's it. Three, three, three primary lessons as, uh, as we kind of close out our time in this building. Um, and so here's the first. We're just going to jump right in. I want you to know that God's plan, um, God's plan in having his children cross over into the promised land uh, was always uh, about um, blessing and rewarding faithful families. Okay? So, so God's plan in having his children cross over into the promised land uh, was to bless um, and reward faithful families. So it's about rewarding faithful families. And, and, and to see that, we have to go all the way back to, to the first time that God begins to speak to Joshua after Moses' death. So I know we were like in chapter 7 last week. We're going to go all the way back to chapter 1 and kind of look at how this whole conversation begins. And it starts, uh, I'm going to start in verse 2 of Joshua chapter 1. I've got verse 2 and 3 on the screen. And uh, here's what the word of the Lord says. It says, Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land that I am giving the Israelites. I've given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. And then he goes on and, and says this in verse 6. Uh, Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them as an inheritance. Now there is a reference to all the people. He says, you and all the people cross. So, so literally, Joshua is crossing... Uh, over the Jordan into the promised land and in his mission what God has for him is when he gets there he is supposed to distribute the land to the people uh, to family units he's going to distribute the land to family units and uh, God says this is the inheritance that I promised them now when you hear that word inheritance I hope you think uh, this is what I think I'm a visual uh, learner that's how I kind of think so I, when I hear the word inheritance I imagine somebody reading a will anybody else Right? So, right, that's cool. So think about the reading of a will, and, and this time, it's specifically, we're talking about God's will. Okay? This is God's will for His children, and His will is that when they get into the promised land, uh, each family will receive a reward. Okay? That's God's will. That's what He's trying to do here. And, and, and this is fulfilling of God's promise uh, that He made to Abram back in Genesis chapter 12. You guys remember that promise? Genesis chapter 12. Uh, I'll put one through three on the screen. It says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your land to your relatives, to your father's house, to the land that I will show you. He says, I'm going to make you into a great, uh, great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse anyone that treats you with contempt, and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. This is that land. This is that promise. They are stepping into the promise of God and God's will is that this land would be divided up into family units. Alright? So family is at the heart of this. God wants to reward them. And God does the same thing today, by the way. God still wants to reward faithful families. Uh, 1 Samuel 26, 23 says, The Lord will repay. You hear the word repay, think reward. The Lord will reward every man for his righteousness and his loyalty. And in Galatians, you want to go New Testament, Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap. Uh, that means that we'll receive the reward uh, at, at the proper time if, if we don't give up. And of course, when the Bible talks about rewards, which it does a ton, by the way, 
Uh, New Testament talks about rewards in heaven all the time. When you hear a passage about rewards, it's always talking about the individual. But we would be remiss if the, we didn't observe the fact that somebody's individual faith has an impact on their family, doesn't it? Right? Many of you are sitting here today because of one faithful person in your family, aren't you? Right? It was a grandmother or a grandfather. It was a parent. It was a cousin. Somebody said, hey, you need to come with me. And they brought you into the presence of Jesus, right? And that's God's plan. God uses faithful people to bless families, right? And as we discuss this transition period from Moses to Joshua, as we, we discuss entering the promised land, we kind of have to begin here with uh, part of, of the reason God wants to do that is in order to bless families, all right? To bless families. So that's where we start. It's our first point. Second point. Second point this morning, ready? <clears throat> those godly family rewards come with great family responsibility. Those godly family rewards come with great family responsibility. So why does God want His kids to go into the promised land? Because He wants to give families inheritance. He wants to bless families, okay? So, so, but listen, that reward for families comes with great responsibility because when they get there, the land is divided into family units and then God says to the family units, now you are responsible for carrying out my will for this area, for your family, right? The families then had this responsibility to finish doing what God had called them to, to do. That was always part of God's plan. And families are so much in focus, y'all, that right as Joshua's about to die, right as he's about to die, he speaks to the heart of this issue of family responsibility. Listen to what he says, Joshua 24, 15. He says, but if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today which you'll worship. The gods of your ancestors that they, they worship beyond the Euphrates River or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. But he says this, he says, as for me and my family... My family, we will worship the Lord. This is his dying challenge to the people of God. Is your family needs to make a choice. Your family has a responsibility. As for me and my family, we're going to worship the Lord. And y'all, as we prepare for our own crossing over, and that's what we're doing. As we prepare for our own crossing over, I need you to know that each of you, each of your families, God intends to use to play a role. And that each of your families has a responsibility in the future of who First Baptist will be, right? Each of your families, it's important to God. God has a plan to use you, to bless, the, uh, to bless you, to expand the kingdom through you, but you have a choice to make. Just like they had a choice to make. Are you going to be all in? Are you going to serve the Lord? Is that your family's focus? Or, or like some of the Israelites, are you going to bow down to all the idols of our world instead and allow those idols to be the focus of your family's life? Like it's your responsibility to make that choice. That's what Joshua says to the Israelites. It is your responsibility to choose whether your family is going to be centered around serving the Lord or your family is going to be built and centered around just serving the idols that our world puts up. It says they're important, right? And listen, guys, what I want, to, I want to say to you this morning is that we're here today doing what we're doing because there were a group of people that went before us at First Baptist Church 
that they decided that their families were going to serve the Lord. And their entire family lives were built around serving the Lord in, in this place. So I'm going to name some names, right? We're the recipients of, of their blessing from God. Families like the Charter members, uh, the Meeks and the Fishers and, and the Braggs. Uh, this church was carried on throughout out the year by families like the Lundgrens and the Moors and, and, and the Scots. Uh, we, we, we'd, we'd have to mention folks like the Creamers and the Crumleys and the Connors and the, and the Walkers. The role so many godly women have played in this place like Elwanda Lundgren and Joanne Worthy, Corrine Ingalls. I'm looking at some right here in my front row. Think about Cindy Roberts and Lou has held the kitchen down for I don't know how long. Cindy used to not just run the church but run our Sunday school. And God has used all of these people in this place in powerful ways. When I came into the church, that leadership kind of looked like the Frans and the Murs and the Dawsons and the Petersons and the, the Garzans and so many more I can't name. And now it is our turn. Now it is, it is your turn turn. Maybe the next generation is going to talk about uh, how faithful the Shaws and, and the Carters were. Maybe they're going to talk about the Harkins or the Heislers or the Godfreys or the Andersons or the Crunks or the Matthews, the Madaws, the Starks, the Curleens, the Duties, the Bens, the Alfreds. I can do this all day, by the way. Right? Maybe they're going to talk about those that have just joined the church, like the Bones or the Chambers or the Payas family, who we just baptized the whole family a couple weeks ago. Is your family's name going to be in that list? Like, that's the question for us. Is, are we, are we going to give our lives to this? And, and, and is God going to use it and bless it and reward our family for it? Right? Because if we do, we have to choose. But if we step up, if we step in, if we make our lives, if we make our family lives centered around serving the Lord, then just like those that have gone before us, we're going to build this legacy of what God has done through this church. Right? The Apostle Paul writes this in, in 1 Corinthians 3.10. He says he laid the foundation of the gospel. He says, according to God's grace that was given to me, I've laid a foundation as a skilled master builder. But then he says this, and then he says, and another builds on it. And y'all, what we're doing is we're just building on the foundation that these godly families have already laid for us. And, and now it's our turn to keep building, right? To keep growing, to keep reaching. So we start with this truth that part of God's plan all along in crossing over, right? Part of it was to reward faithful families. But that reward comes with great responsibility, which gives us our last point, is that this responsibility is a commitment to keep guard and to share in the work. That's the responsibility. Two things, ready? To keep guard and to share in the work. And so I'm going to fast forward now, right? So the children of God, they end up in the promised land, and you'd be like, yeah, it's all going to be great. But God said, families, it's your responsibility. And guess what? Families didn't all do what they were supposed to do, right? Some of them didn't drive out the people they were supposed to drive out. They settled uh, before they knew it. They had taken up the idol worship of the surrounding culture. So God says, you know what? It's me or it's them. So he lets them go to their ways, Right? So, so they're invaded. They are captured. They are hauled off to captivity. They're in captivity. They cry out, please God, we get it. We're so sorry. And God in His grace, God in His grace brings them back to the promise. 
He brings them back to the promise. He's like, I always told you this is for you. I I know what you've done, but I love you anyway. I'm going to bring you out of captivity. I'm going to bring you into my promise again. And and one of those leaders during that time was this guy named Nehemiah. And, And Nehemiah's role was like, it was very like focused. Like Nehemiah's role was to rebuild the walls. Like that was his role. Okay, other people were in charge of the, you know, hey, let's get everybody right spiritually. Nehemiah's like, I'm coming in and I'm here to build up the defenses, right? That, that was his singular role. Uh, but in that, in that process, what God was doing was restoring his covenant. He's restoring his covenant. He wants to bless his people, right? And, uh, and, and, and he's renewing his promise to them by returning them to the promised land. So, so here's how uh, this rebuilding of the walls is done. I think this is really cool. And you're going to see the connection. Ready? Nehemiah 4.13. Nehemiah is speaking. <laughs> this is, he says, So I stationed people behind the lowest sections of the wall at the vulnerable areas. I stationed them by... Can you all read that word for me out loud together? Whoo. God intended the promised land to be an inheritance for families. That family reward came with great responsibility. That responsibility is to guard and to work. So Nehemiah is like, hey, God says, Nehemiah, I want you to rebuild the wall. So he comes in and here's Nehemiah's plan. I stationed them by families with their swords and spears and, and bows. And in verse 17, Nehemiah 4, 17, it says, From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half held spears, shields, bows, and armor, right? Because the enemy's always going to be against you when you're doing what God wants you to do. It says, The officers supported all the people of Judah who were rebuilding the wall. The laborers who carried the loads, get this, the laborers who carried the loads, they worked with one hand and they held a weapon with the other. They worked, and they kept guard. They worked with one hand, and they held a weapon with the other. And y'all, that's the call. That's the responsibility of the family units of the church. Is to work, and to keep guard. You say, what are we guarding? I'll tell you, in, in our world today, we better be guarding our doctrine. We better be guarding who God is, what sin is, that, that sin is sin, and we don't get to explain it away. We don't get to say that it's okay, just because we're, we've become comfortable with it. It's still sin, and we preach sin because we need a Savior. And if we don't preach sin, we don't have a need for a Savior. Then why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus die? That, that's that self-righteous, I can do it myself. If I read enough books and change my behavior, then I'll get into heaven. But folks, that doesn't work. And a whole bunch of that people one day will stand before a God that they thought they had believed in and He will say, away from me, you know me not. Right? And, and so we have to preach that God is good, that God is loving, that God is gracious, but that we are sinners. All of us. Not a segment of us. Not, not a certain population of us. Not some that may get more PR than others of us. But that we are all sinners in need of a Savior. And that this Jesus loves us so much that He will meet us in the midst of our sin. But He loves us too much to leave us there. Jesus comes to sinners like us. But then He says to sinners like us, after He says, get up and walk, He then says, and follow me. Change. Be different. 
because I've saved you, right? And if we lose any element of that doctrine, y'all, we lose, right? And so in our culture that is changing and that is attacking so many things that we believe about God, about marriage, about sin, about self, we have to stand, we have to stand guard over our doctrine. So you've got to guard our doctrine. But not only do you have to guard our doctrine, folks, you've got to guard our unity, Right? The Bible again and again tells the people of God, tells the church to be unified in spirit. It says, like, don't let any of that gossip happen amongst you. Don't let people stir up controversy among you. In fact, it instructs the church, kick out those people. Like, that's, that's not healthy. You don't want that stuff. And so, guys, we constantly, you know what the church is? It's a collection of sinners saved by the grace of Jesus. And do you know what sinful people do? We want it our way. And so the church is so beautiful because we come together, we do the work of God, and we have to constantly go, I wonder what God wants. I can't just do it my way. I wonder what God wants. I wonder what God wants. So we fight for that unity. We fight for, hey, let's pray about it. Let's get on our knees together. Let's pray about what the Lord would like us to do here or here or here. And we have to fight for that unity. It is not natural, guys. Unity is supernatural. It's supernatural. It doesn't come normally. It doesn't, all right? So we've got to fight for those things. We've got to fight for our doctrine. We've got to fight for unity. We've got we to guard those things closely. But we also have to share in the work. We have to share in the work. So with one hand, we're holding a weapon. With the other hand, we're what? We're working, right? So w- what is the work of the church? Well, Jesus came to do a few things, right? He came to seek and save the lost. So what is the work of the church? Guys, it's to save the lost. That's it, right? Anytime we come to the building that we call the church, and remember the church isn't a building. This has been a great building, but this isn't the church. The church has always been all the names we read. That's the church, right? And anytime we come to the building that we call the church, and we make it about us, then we are forgetting that there are loads of lost people in the world that desperately need Jesus, Because if it's about me, I get the best parking space. I get the best seat, right? I do what I want. I'm not even considering what people without Christ might need. But when I'm focused on them, I show up going, how can I serve? How can I be used? How could God work through me so that they might see Him? Make less of me and more of you, Jesus, right? That's our prayer when we wake up on Sunday morning. It's radically, radically different. So we work. Uh, we focus on saving lost. We also focus, Jesus said he came to serve. <laughs> right? He said, I, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom. And, and so we show up to do that. And, and, and the church is not a place that we sit. It's not a place that we just sing. It's not a place that we just get fed. Y'all, this isn't an all-you-can-eat buffet. Right? You've got to help fix some food every once in a while. You've got to go get some groceries. Sometimes you've got to clean out the stall. Like, it's not a place that you get to show up and just have other people give it all to you. The church is a body, and it's got hands and feet and little muscles. I've got some stupid little muscles. I don't even know what it is right here that hates me right now. Gosh. Standing there, during, I sat down during the third song. I wasn't praying, y'all. I was going, oh, stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, stretch it. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We need that stupid little muscle. Whatever that role is in the church, we need it. Man, 
And, and we are here, part of our work is to serve, y'all. Worship, learn, serve. It's the three things we ask every person that walks through these doors to do every week. Not every once in a while. Every week. And y'all, I'm just saying this to you, to your family and love. If your family has not made it a priority to serve the Lord, now's the time. Right? That's what the promised land is about. Right? It comes with responsibility. And so we work towards seeking and saving the lost, towards serving, towards loving. Part of that work, y'all, is giving. It just is. This isn't a whole sermon on giving. I hope you're giving. I think it'd be sad to walk into the new place and be like, I did not donate a single dollar towards this. I want to invest in the kingdom. I want to invest in what God is doing. Every soul that's saved, every family that's baptized, go, yeah, Lord, thank you for allowing me to be a part of that. That's better than Tesla stock right there. Let's go. It's about our time. It's about making church a priority, right? And so, that commitment, that commitment, because that responsibility, it looks like sharing in the work, and it looks like guarding uh, some things. So, what do we do because of that, that understanding? By the way, I think we just have one more week in this series, which kind of freaks me out because my summer calendar is a little open. All right. What do we do because of that? I think there's three things, y'all, and I'm going to let you go. Uh, number one, I really want to challenge you to choose this day. That's Joshua's farewell address. I didn't write it. That's God speaking. He just says, make a choice, man. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. And, 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 and listen, I'm talking to you as families. Choose. Make a choice. Are you all in? Because it, it, like, we're looking for all in people. Like, is, your, is your family's name going to be one of those that, that's mentioned? Be like, yeah, man. When somebody thinks about First Baptist, I want them to think about the Dodds because they see us every week showing up and smiling and serving and you know, wherever. I, I want them to think about, I mean, you just fill it in. We've got to be all in. And, and so that's going to have to happen. We have to figure out how to make that happen. So I'm just going to say to you, in love, you've got to make a choice. It's an active choice. Are we going to make our family's life about serving the church? Because if we do, man, it'll have a huge impact. It'll have a huge impact. Okay, number two. Along those same lines, I want to challenge you to make a family covenant. What's a covenant? It's a promise between you and the Lord. It can also be a, a promise between you and one another. But, but if you're struggling to be all in, I think this is important. Uh, parents, can I say this to you? Like, it's really important you talk to your kids about why Sunday is, isn't like, hey, we're going to do this every week. And there's going to be some weeks we don't feel like it, right? And there's going to be some weeks that you just want to sleep in. And there's going to be some weeks that you were out with your friends late. And guess what? I love you and I hear you, but we're going to make this a priority for us. And I want you to make it a priority when you have kids with your kids. And when they have kids with their kids. And I want that to be the legacy of our fill-in-the-blank last name. Is that we made serving the Lord a priority. Right? So just make a covenant. Make a covenant with, with God, with your family. All of them. Sit them down and have the talk. you like, my kids are three. Cool. Have the talk at three. Have it again at eight. And, and again at 13. You know, have it again at 22. Have the talk with your kids. Make a covenant. It's really important. Uh, lastly, guys, I would just say... Um, that um, work is for the Lord. Um, so the Bible says whether we eat or whether we drink, in whatever we do, we should do it all for the glory of God. 
And, um, you know, I think that's a real easy verse to kind of slough off, right? Uh, I, I, J- Jacob Rowe preached baccalaureate uh, here Wednesday, and he preached it. You preach, by the way. You preach, which is cool because then I got to talk, and they're like, oh, that was a nice talk. Um, Jacob preached. Uh, it was good. It was good. So um, Jacob called me that day, by the way, and said, hey, I think I, I thought I was the only one talking. So like I, I, I like have a message. It's like 20 minutes. Um, and, and I was like, it's cool. I can go like five. It's going to be okay. And, and it was great. It was great. Um, so, but he had mentioned like telling the kids like, hey, you need to try to win, right? Not, not like competitive where you step on people, but like you, you need to give your best in whatever you do. And that it's a biblical principle, and it is. And everything we do, we should do it for the glory of God, which means that we're not halfway doing anything, which means that we're not bringing junk uh, when, it comes to, like, when it comes to the kingdom of God. Man, we're going to give our best, not our leftovers, okay? And, and y'all, that is hard, but I need you to hear it. Um, churches, for a long time, um, you get a, a core group of people that bring their best, Okay, uh, maybe 20%, it's probably down to like 12, okay? 12% bring their best, okay? And then there's a, a few more people that are, are bringing something, and then you got some people that are bringing like what was left over from the garage sale. You know what I'm saying? Do, anybody ever feel bad dropping that box off somewhere? Like you take that box to Salvation Army, like, dude, we tried to sell it for three weeks. I'm sorry, we got nothing, Right? But sometimes that's our church service, y'all. What we do in the church is that box that's left over from three weeks of trying to sell it in the garage sale. And that, that is just not working as for the Lord, right? That's, that's a, hey, I didn't want to feel guilty, so I did something. But I did not give the Lord my best. And if we could flip that switch, and we made this place about bringing God our best, we would show up with our best attitude, with our best energy, with our best mindset, with our best loving nature, and we would show up so ready to see people's lives change that it would have a lasting impact. It'd have a lasting impact. Y'all, I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful for today. Um, it's, I, I, uh, I almost lost it beforehand. I've been praying all day. I, I, like y'all, I lost it last week. So I've been praying, God, help me hold it together. And uh, God's been pretty faithful so far. As long as I don't walk in the baptistry again, I think I'm going to be okay, evidently. Evidently, that is the place. Call it my cry room. It's fine. Uh, but God wants to do something. He's already done something. But he wants to build on it. And so, I pray that the Holy Spirit would help you see that. We're not replacing. We're just building on top of what's already been done. And you, your family is meant to be a part of that. Okay? So, I'm going to close by asking you to pray about how that sits with you. Okay? Maybe even today you make the choice and you say, yeah, God, our family's going to be all in. Lord, we've been on the fence. We've been somewhat here, somewhat there, but today, no, I, I yeah, we have to make a choice and today's our choice. All right? Would you bow your heads with me? Uh, if your spouse is with you, if your kids are with you, would you grab their hands? Right? And it's cool. And if they're not, like, listen, you throw up a hand. I'll, I'll throw up a hand with you and pray with you. But if, if, if you've got a family member near you, maybe you came with your mom or, or you know, like, you, you, close friend, man. Grab that close friend's hand. Be like, hey, let's pray this out together. Let's pray this out together. Lord, I am not standing 
on a pulpit this morning. I'm standing on the backs of 20 plus pastors that have gone before me in this church. And those that are sitting in these pews, they're not sitting just on a hard piece of wood with a little bit of cushion. They're sitting on the shoulders of countless saints that have sat where they are before, that have poured their lives into your mission being part of this church. And the church is always growing. And we pray now that you would help us embrace this call and that you would help us give ourselves to this cause. Father, if there's anyone here that in their heart they felt just that wavering about your church, about your call, about this place, God, I pray that this morning you would help them say, yeah, God, I sense it. And that's you. It's not us. It's you. And they go, yeah, God, we're all in. As for me, as for my family, we will serve the Lord. Let that be the commitment today. Ask it in Jesus' holy, powerful, and precious name. Amen. Amen. Um, we're going to do some announcements in a second, but I, I really wanted to push this to next week, but some of you may not be here next week. I hope you're, hope you're at the new place next week. Um, but the end of the month was supposed to be our Give Big Sunday. I don't have any beautiful slides because I ain't ruining nothing. You've got to walk into the new place and see it yourself, okay? So you've got to go meet us over by the high school next week because I'm not showing you any of the inside. It's gorgeous. I'm not giving any of it away. So, uh, however, I am still going to ask you to give. It's the end of the month. It's Give Big Sunday. Um, we do have to start paying for it now, y'all. So, whoo uh, We built it. Now we pay for it. Um, so, uh, this is above and beyond ties. This is, this is just out of the love of our heart for the mission that God's called this church to. Uh, if, if, if you have any, anything that you've been praying about, I know May is tight for us. Maybe tight for y'all. Every little bit helps. Um, but we're, I'm, I'm going to pray one more time, and this is our, our giving above and beyond, and then Miss Catherine's going to come give us some announcements. All of this goes to our future fund, which directly goes to paying off the debt. So um, please help us there. I'm going to pray, Lord, um, you've called us to this. You're going to sustain us through this. You're going to provide for us in this, and uh, use us as part of that provision, Lord. Take these gifts now above and beyond tithes, and God multiply them. Man, man, pay off that interest. Pay down that, that, that principle, Lord. Do that um, in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.